Hey everybody, welcome to the Cross the Podcast with Dave. And Abby. So this week, uh, Abby came up with a great idea for a topic for us. Uh, it's been a while since we've been back. We, you know, life is, life is getting a little more normal now with the vaccine circulating. So we're kind of, we, we get, we've gotten busier. So we're not here as often as we'd like to be, but we are here today. So thanks yeah, for tuning in. Yeah, the UK has opened up a little bit. I am back to work, which is great, but it does mean that I work every other weekend. So times do not always line up for us. Right. But we make the best of it. And anyway, so for today's topic, we um Abby mentioned that we are we are both we both are reading or have read recently like a like uh, I guess how we would put a reimagining of of I guess um Greek mythology yes. but from the viewpoint of women. Yes, which is long overdone cuz most mythology actually most classic literature is written from a male's point of view cuz most of the authors were male because we are a male dominated society. Get along. That's a whole problem. We never was that. That's an issue. We're, we're hopefully we're, we're going to fix that going forward. Um, but so yeah. So I read a thousand ships. Um, the author is evading me right now. Who wrote that? Yes, that her. Uh, fantastic book. I will recommend it wholeheartedly. Um, and basically, what it was was she basically took all all the female characters from both the Iliad and the Odyssey, and she tells the stories of those books through the female characters. Um, and what's real, and what's really compelling was the fact that she told it from one Penelope, Odysseus's wife. Uh, I really love that storyline because she's pretty prominent throughout the book. Um, because she covers a lot of different characters in the book. Some characters only get like one little chapter, and others like Penelope got several chapters. Which you know, to be to be fair, all the Odyssey is about Odysseus, so it makes sense to have her be more featured more prominently. But she tears him apart, and. I love it because, yeah, he is. He, I mean, he basically is a self-righteous, pompous asshole as a character. Oh, he so is. Uh, yeah, and she, I mean, Penelope, levels him. Absolutely, level. She still loves him, but she levels him. Like she's like you. She calls her like a calls spade spade. She's like you are an asshole. You could be here right now, but you're instead you're on some witch's island. Okay, and like I, uh, I have the uh, hold on. I have a, I have a screenshot of one of the pieces piece I really, really liked, and that. In that summary that Penelope wrote, let me find it, pull it up for you, and just read it because it's fantastic. There it goes. So this is Penelope writing the letter to Odysseus. Although I don't think he ever gets his, I don't think he ever gets his letters. I don't think so. I think she's writing her her diary. But she says, uh, "You used to have a home on Ithaca, of course, but perhaps our logs weren't quite up to your current standards. Her cave was surrounded by thick woodlands. Her being Circe." Um. Apparently, which sounded like so much like a euphemism when the bard first saying it, that I threatened to have him flogged. He assured me he was describing nothing more vulgar than poplar and cypress trees, home to owls and hawks and other birds. I can't decide whether he is laughing at me or not. It all sounds positively idyllic. I just love how she uses, she even calls out, you know, like these thick woods, woodlands, and she and says it sounds like a euphemism, like a you, you know, and it's just, it's just such a great way to like, yeah, it's what men will do. You know, they will kind of, Flourish the things like, oh, you know, call spade a spade, and are you, you know, you're probably cheating on me with this lady. That's why you're not leaving. Okay, so somebody new and younger, and it's just, it's just so great that she just calls them out. I just love it. Um, another part I really like too is when she writes Calliope is one of the one of the muses. It's a Calliope talking to the bar, the bar being home or the, t- the storyteller, and she says, if he tells me to sing one more time, I think I might bite him. The presumption of these men is extraordinary. Does he believe I have nothing else to do with my time than sit around being his muse? His? 
When did poets forget that it is the state of the muses, not the other way around? And if he can remember new lines of verse during his recitations, why can't he remember to say please? I, I love that I, so much. It's so I scathing. Calliope. I think I say Calliope. It's Calliope. I, yeah, I definitely say it wrong, but I can't pronounce most things. It's okay. It just, she's so, it's, just, it's, it's great. She's, 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 she's completely scathes Homer, and it's like, oh my God, like, oh. It, yeah, just honestly, people, I am telling you, it is worth the read. It's not that long. It's it's not even three hundred pages down. It's a short. It's a short read. Um, it is. It's so good, though. And um, the author has a new book out as well called Pandora's Jar. That is similar. Oh, okay. I'll look into that then, because she is a really good author. I quite like her a lot. I'm sure she's not listening to this, but if she does happen to find Paul Collins' podcast, I'm going to tell you I'm your biggest fan. Love you. So I keep it up because like men deserve to be put, put down a peg. So keep going. Just tear all, tear all the myths apart. Please do. Cause yeah, especially from a male-centric point of view um, in which most of these myths were written down. Yeah. I um, I will say about the Trojan women, I just look because he's come back to them a lot too, and it just – freaking awful like it just you really like you know and the honestly homer wrote when homer wrote a homer's greek he's, he's gonna basically he's extolling the virtue of the greeks the whole entire time but he's get it from the flip side these women who are after everything is done they're left to basically be pick, picked pick apart for you know spare parts uh it just i mean and swirler guys i'm greek so like this I, this stuff i grew up with this stuff for instance you know so for me, it's you know, it's just kind of even more so because it's just is my, it's awesome basically taking 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 my, my one of my cultural epics and tearing it apart and like I don't I love that she's doing it because it just it, I think it it just it really felt good to have these stories told from a different point because you just don't you don't get the point of view that they're kind of they're mentioned as castoffs like you learn about you learn about Cassandra you know about you know she you know she tells the future but she don't understand understand understands her like you don't. They don't give her personality. Just tell her, oh, she's this cursed daughter of Priam who sees the future, but she can't. Nobody will understand. Nobody will trust her because it's the curse of Apollo. Yeah, and, I love how in like a thousand ships she's just screaming. Yeah, like half the time she's just screaming. I know. Until I, mean, the, I would be too. Until the very end. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh God. And like, oh, just. I've actually, like, so I remember, you know, honestly reading that, you get to the part where, um, everyone's wife kills him, and then her kids expire against her, which is Electra, which is a different, different Greek playwright, which I've also read. It just, I don't know. I don't know how she did it. She must have, she must have researched a ton for this book, because it just, I don't, like, know. She had, she had to understand the myths all so well to be able to do this. Like, it had to be a huge undertaking to do this book. And I just, yeah, I love every bit of it. Also, I really loved how bickering she made the gods seem. Like when the, when Hera and Athena and Aphrodite go debating about with the who the apple belongs to, like their sniping was just per, it's just like, cause you like you know, it's these gods are probably are vain. You know these characters are, you know. So she makes them she makes them come out as being so vain. It's just amazing to, just. <laughs> I just loved it. Oh my goodness, so so great. And yeah, but I also another sobering part of it was when um, 
I forget the goddess of the earth, what her name is, but she tell but she tell but she talks to Zeus about what to do about the overpopulation of the people. And they say, Oh, war, they need the biggest war of them all is to create the Trojan War. So the gods basically create the Trojan War is what this you know, this story is telling you, but it's just like it, it's a very sobering piece to read because they're like, you know, he didn't like as much as you want to like categorize Zeus as like a you know a playboy and all that stuff. He didn't really and kind of callous with humans. It, it kind of gave him a, a human side because he didn't really he didn't kind of, he kind of didn't want to, but he knew he had to because of the fact that the, the humans had outstripped the the source the resources on the earth. So it was, it was you know it was a it was nice to see human. I guess it was nice to see God humify. You know, hum, not humify. It's not a word. Nice to see gods have humanity. Yeah, I mean, I will never feel bad for Zeus because even with that little thing, I mean, he is still sleeping around with anything that moves. Yes, no, granted, but at least he has some redeemable qualities. I suppose I will say, he does have some remorse. I suppose. Mm, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I know her story. I know her story. Before I go off on this one, so you know Theseus and how he gets through the labyrinth with the, the ball of string, yeah? Yeah. Ariadne told him to do that. It uh, wasn't his idea. Oh, okay. See, I just know her from the fact what happened to her as a result of her competition with Athena. That's all I know of Ariadne's, Ariadne's myth. No. Um, So they don't mention the fact she gets turned into a spider at all. Then I haven't finished the book yet. Okay, because like that's like that's that's what I know her for. But okay, I didn't know she was hooked up with the okay with Theseus. I did not know that. Huh. Yeah. So I mean, that's the whole reason he gets through the labyrinth is because she knows the labyrinth and she knows how to beat it. Huh. Huh. Okay. I'm looking. Jennifer's. What else did she write? I know the name. I know that name. Um. Let me see if it lists any other books. That name sounds familiar for some reason, but I'm not. I'm imagining it. I have a feeling that you're thinking of a different. Um, Difference. person by the way with the spider myth because that's not what happens to ariadne yeah no she she challenges athena to uh to um 
what's it called? Uh, a sp whatever you call when you you know you spin thread. She challenges to she challenges her, and when she beat when she, she and she she makes a better tapestry than Athena. Wasn't that arachne? Oh my gosh! Yes. Oh. Oh. Oh, you're right. Oh, okay. Oh, you're right. Is oh yeah, it makes more sense than arachne because arachnids are spiders. Yeah. Okay. Because arachne was a weaver. Yeah. Okay, I don't know anything about Aradne then. Ariadne. Ariadne. I yeah, I should know this. <laughs> I think. Um. Yeah. No. So she's. She was a princess. Of Crete, yeah, the Minotaurs yeah. in Crete. Yeah. Um, I don't see anything that. I mean. Maybe I'm gonna match somebody else then, a different saint I mean, author. The audience won't be able to see this, but I've got a signed copy. <laughs> you can see. <laughs> That's cool. Is it actually signed? It's like a like a print of a co sign. Nope, nope. It's, it's actual signed with Sharpie. Oh, cool. Through to the other side. <laughs> Jennifer Saint. Oh, yeah, just that one book then. Oh, she, 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 no, she's, she's British. Yeah. Fascination with ancient Greek mythology. Huh. So I'm thinking of her, okay. Well, Arachne, Ariadne, it sounds similar. I mean, it's close. It's it's close. Yeah. I wonder how um Achilles song is because that's another song of Achilles. That's is really it. Good. Yeah. I don't okay. know why I want. Oh, Cersei. We talked about Cersei before this started. Um. So Cersei and Song of Achilles are both by Madeline Miller. Oh, she did both those books. She did both of them. Oh. Okay. I read them on my little cruise around the Greek Isles. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Because of course I did. It's appropriate. It's appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've I, always... What's that? If you like a thousand ships, I would definitely recommend these. They're a bit more um, one story, mm -hmm. I guess. Right. I mean, of course, with Cersei especially lots of stories intersect hers yeah so you get to see odysseus for a little bit but it's her as the main character going through everything that she goes through right so actually the fast i've actually never read the entirety of the iliad and the odyssey oh well that's where you should start <laughs> well see uh i mean i know the i know the whole story i just never read them all the way through um mostly because long yeah they're really long and i'm like eh. Eh. and they're epic poetry yeah which is more your thing than mine it is very much my thing i speaking of classical literature it's a totally topic but i do have a goal one day reading the entire canterbury tales that's a different oh, story yeah. it's fun sure. i mean i i prefer shakespeare to chaucer slightly different chaucer's older isn't he yeah yeah. Yeah, I don't... I actually... Well... Yeah. I've read... Not all of Shakespeare, obviously, but I've read a decent amount of Shakespeare. I don't know if I read it all, though, because I really don't like his tragedies, so... <laughs> oh, the 
tragedies are the best. Stand by my fact that Macbeth is awful, but that's just my thing. I hate Macbeth. I mean, Macbeth's not my favorite, but it has some moments. Hem Hamlet's my favorite, of course. Yeah, my favorite are the comedies. Although, I will say, I love Merchant of Venice. Yeah. I do love Merchant of Venice. Um, again, completely off topic. We're talking, about, we're talking about Greek mythology. We're talking about now we're going to Shakespeare here, so completely off topic. But like, you know, classic literature as a as a whole entire di 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 discipline. So whatever I want discipline is just you know, so it's it kind of all plays together, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I mean, it certainly prompted a lot of retellings recently. That is definitely a thing that's happening more and more. Um, I listened to a podcast here, interview with Shexy, um, she's an author, she wrote The Witch's Heart, which is about um, Loki's children. Oh, okay, cool. Because she had three kids. One's... Giants. Uh, I, I don't know. One's the goddess of hell. One's like the largest wolf in the world, and one's... I forget what else. But I don't know. I don't know anything about I don't know anything about Norse, Norse, Norse mythology at all, though. So like, I don't know anything. So to me, it's well, like I can tell you a good place to begin. My favorite author, Neil Gaiman, has a um, book called Norse Mythology where he retells some classic Norse myths. Yeah, I want to read that, and I also want to read American Gods. Oh, American Gods is divine. It's very long, and it starts off very seriously. Would you do Good Omens over American Gods, or how would you how would you rank those two? I was, I was completely different. Uh, they are completely different. Um, I mean, if you want to ease into the style, uh, but so Good Omens, um, Neil Gaiman wrote with Terry Pratchett. Oh, really? So it, okay. So it's not quite the same style. I mean. It's a really good mix of both of their styles, so if you could start there. I, I, I would just jump into American Gods if you were wanting to read American Gods. I could also um, watch a TV show, I suppose. No. But it's bad? No, the first season's okay, um, but the book is so much better. Now that, like, my premise, the idea is it, it covers like a bunch of different mythologies, right? It, it covers a bunch of mythologies in that storyline yeah it does there are gods from every mythology you can think of the whole premise is that when people were emigrating to america right they brought the gods with them. gods with them right yeah. yeah yeah and these gods have received a lot less attention in those like in recent years and so they're trying to inspire people to worship them again i I never knew about uh, it's a it's a African god. It's in he's in he's in American gods. I don't remember what the name of it of it is. It, it's like a spider. Yeah, that. I wasn't aware of that being a thing until I read a book by David Duchovny, where one of the characters is one of the, is one of those. And I was like, oh my god, so creepy, but also kind of awesome. Yeah. So um, Neil Gaiman wrote a a book called Anansi Boys as well. Okay. Which has to be an Um, if I, if I was if I was recommending you a Neil Gaiman book to read, I would recommend Stardust. I've seen the movie. I love it. I yeah, I know you you would. It's a romance. Yes. <laughs> but it's still got his like his essential, weird and wonderful 
um, otherworldly uh -huh. style. I never so read. I'm starting to Stardust if you were wanting to ease into Gaiman. He wrote Coraline too, didn't he? Yeah, he did write Coraline. That's I, so freaking creepy. I can't. I can't. I cannot read that book anymore. I read it a few times. And every time, like, if I read it too close to bedtime, I just won't sleep for it's a week. It's creepy. The whole buttons it's for eyes so thing, scary. it just gets you every time. And the dead children, the souls of the dead children being, like, like trapped in the marbles. Um, speaking of Terry Pratt, I never, I never read him either, either, but I did watch Hogfather. Um, I didn't really know about Terry Pratchett until a few years ago and I started reading his Discworld series and it's phenomenal it is so funny and witty there honestly there's not really another writer like him he's he, he's passed away now he's so you know, brilliant he, he did pass away yeah, yeah a few years ago yeah but yeah I like I I borrowed the hard fire to know what, I didn't know what it was it's probably a decade ago and I watched it I'm like oh my gosh it's so weird but also kind of awesome like yes. it is just so zany, but like at the same time, it's like it it really kind of enwraps you in. It's like this is such a freaking weird world, but like I don't know. Yeah, you'll have to yeah read at least the first um, the first uh, Terry Pratchett book, which is the Color of Magic. I couldn't tell Maybe. you. I don't know. I don't know anything about him. I just know Hogfather. That's all I know. And like, and I watched it like a decade ago. For some reason, I don't remember why. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's quite fun. Yeah, The Color of Magic is the first one. Right. Definitely there, but they're all really good. And like, you can dip in and out of them. I find characters sometimes repeat but sometimes they're in new characters and it's just a weird zany world is exactly the way to put it there is a book series i think there's two of them out now i haven't read them i want to it's about hold on yeah it's about a golem and a djinn that come over to america from the old world like before like world war one I, I think and I don't really know exactly i i i read, I, read, I read about it in a cow at the library i'm like this sounds really interesting and I don't remember what it's called, but it just—it kind of reminded me of American Gods a little bit, though, because you know, it's like it, this ancient myth is brought over to America. But you know, funny enough, though, it's like there's also there there were Native American folklore here too. So, like, yeah. so yeah, I don't know. I really love mythology, though. Let's go back to this whole thing. It's four circles. I I do love. Around to the to the main point of this, yes. yes. I love mythology as well. Um, it's like. Fairy tales. Yeah. Some of these stories are morality tales. Some of them are, you know, just for fun. So I'm going to explain the... Some of them are thoroughly yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, 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 well. They had, they had to explain their world somehow. That's how they did it, I guess. Is they explained it by, exactly. by using gods. Zeus is angry again. <laughs> There's lightning. Oh no, Poseidon's upset too. <laughs> Big waves. You know, it would it would be I think if like if um if Greek mythology was like actual like gods that really exist, it'd kind of be a scary world compared to what you know. I believe in a monotheistic world, obviously, but like, if it was a world where we had multiple deities, it'd be kind of a scary world. Yeah, 
you know? I mean, I, I don't necessarily believe in a monotheistic world. Um, I believe that whatever people believe has power for them. It does. So, Just from I, a... was, I was so, so distressed when I learned that, like, nobody worships the Greek gods anymore. It's, it's not really, like, a real religion anymore. Mm. I was so sad because I grew up Roman Catholic, but after that I was, like, ready to be like, yes, I am worshiping these Greek gods. <laughs> there might be some. There might be somebody over you know, in Greece still, still still does it. I don't know. I mean, it's possible. A small number of people maybe still do pay homage to the old gods. I don't know. Well, I would believe in them. I'm not slaughtering any goats. No, no. But I do try not to. I try not to challenge any of them or offend any of them. Like, I've never called anyone more beautiful than Aphrodite. I have never said that anyone was as smart as Athena. I do not want to be struck down by lightning. So I try not to <laughs> insult Zeus for all of his idiotic mistakes. Fair, fair, fair. Well, everybody, hope you kind of... um. Uh, I guess you know we kind of we kind of walked tens there a little bit, but uh, just that like there's some t couple good books there that you should read. Um, there's it, another one called Silence of the Girls by Pat Barker that I haven't read yet but want to as well. What's that about? So it's about I think the main character is Briseis, who was one of oh, the okay. women that was given to Achilles. Oh. Okay, I'd be curious to hear more about her story because kind of, she kind of disappears pretty early in Thousand Ships. Does yeah. yeah, huh? Okay, well, everybody, if you have a, if you have a recommendation for something, a book, you, like tangent mythology, you suggest we should read. Let us know in the com let us know in the comments. We'd like to hear from you, as always. Um, but yeah, so hopefully, you know, obviously it's warmer outside. It's, it's a little harder to read now because it's warmer out, so you want to be outside. Um, but fine. Yeah, take a book outside. It's true. Even like Kindle, even, even though e-readers have like a outside setting now, because you can read them outside if you have a, if you have a device like that. So, no excuses. So read some books and let us know what you think about those books. Um, yeah. Um, until next time, when we come up with something else to talk about. Oh, I know. <laughs> I want to talk about the story of was it Tamil Shanter? No. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. That'll be our next episode because I I find that whole story just tickles me I just get tickled by it. it's just such an interesting little tale that just I don't know how it kind of comes they come up with it but they did but anyways for today for Dave and Abby have a great day cheerio